Welcome back, everybody, to Top Shelf, a guide to high-quality leadership, spirits, and everything in between. Okay, here we are. Sorry, everybody, a day late and a dollar short, but I'm back. Got a little bit of a cold on the weekend, but uh, here we go. Back. Here we go. Back oh, I'm back. Again. I'm back. How was the How was the work trip? Oh, so it was good. It was really good to... Uh, to meet people, get face to face, enjoyed it quite a bit, and uh, just a different atmosphere when you're not in front of a computer the whole time. So yeah, nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you enjoy any uh, sites or tours in um, Edmonton? Uh, in Edmonton, I did visit a hockey game with the Oilers playing, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. It was good. To, uh, what an amazing uh, stadium! Uh, oh yeah, Rogers. Yeah, I don't know if it's Arena or Rogers. Rogers Place. Place. Yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Really cool place. Cool. Really cool. I'd place. like to go there. The structure, um, I, it's next level. It's, yeah. it's like an American stadium now. Is it two years old? A couple years old? Uh, I think they say six. Do they still have the um, Gretzky statue out front? I know that the old stadium did. Yeah, there's there's a Gretzky statue. And there's like a cool little podium that's way up, and that's where they have like a, a little band play too, like over oh, nice. top of the ice. It's, it's super awesome. Yeah, cool. uh, great. So once again, uh, season two, episode three, and we are going to be talking succession planning. We're going to be also talking about burning bridges, both um, professional and from business perspective. I thought you were going to say literally and figuratively. No, not literally. And uh, our cocktail and our mocktail, my final mocktail um, before... I'm uh, back to let it is a cucumber mint gin spritz. So I uh, hope you're going to enjoy that. I've got a lot of things that go into it and we'll walk you through at the end uh, of our episode. So I wanted to start always uh, with something new and in the news. And I think it's very important to share. Uh, and Jacinda Ardern, the New Zealand Prime Minister, um, has has resigned, and her last day is uh, February seventh, Tuesday, coming up. Clint, uh, give me your thoughts on you know that that kind of a shock, right? And I didn't expect she was doing really well. Yeah, but, uh, her stepping down. Oh, a few things hit me right off the bat. So I remember when she was first elected in, uh, world's youngest ever head of government at thirty-seven or thirty-six 36, years old. 36, like yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, obviously, tons of pressure. You can imagine. And uh, not only that, I mean, she led that country through some of the hardest times they've probably seen since, like, I don't know, World War II. Like the, COVID. COVID, yeah, yeah totally. COVID. So that's not an easy job. And from what I heard, it was because she just had nothing left in the tank. She's just exhausted. Yeah. Imagine the courage, you know, for her to say, I've had enough. And she's got two more years left on her current term. But for her to have the courage to say, you know what, um, I can't handle the responsibility anymore of running this this you know, New Zealand and I need to step down. Yeah. Right. So the shoes, um, are being filled, um, by Chris Hipkins. So he's taking over temporarily uh, until the next election. And, you know, from our perspective, what we want to talk about with leadership is it feeds right in with that. And that's the succession planning. Yeah. And, and Jacinda is working with Chris right now in uh, a succession plan for him to take over in, in, in the time being. But, you know, that's our first big thing on our topic of leadership is, is succession planning. And, 
why do we do succession planning? Clint, what, 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 what would you think would be the top thing for you to prepare for when we're succession planning? Well, number one, I think is you're, you know, it, this is a getting out of the I mentality into the we mentality. Yep. You got to think yep. about the, you're putting the business first. Succession planning is key when you're um, backfilling a critical role within within your business. So if it's a critical role, you need somebody to fill in your shoes. Hopefully, you have enough time, and you 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 know somebody's leaving because they're retiring, or maybe they're you and know, you want to plan it for. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So hopefully, you have time. But that you know something I want to talk about maybe a little later on is never wait until that moment when you find out that the person yeah. that is in a critical role is retiring. Mm -hmm. Leadership. Ownership, but seniors, senior leaders—they all need to be working together on constantly succession planning. You need to have a plan in place prior to getting that uh, bomb dropped. So. Yeah, it's basically setting up a safety blanket for the company, for the team. Um, you want to take your time to conduct an assessment. You really want to find those rock stars in your organization. You know those shining stars that can take you to that next level. And here's another big thing when you're when you're looking for those rock stars, you got to make sure you're on the same page and they're willing to accept that uh, role and responsibility. Not everyone is prepared and willing to take that next step. So don't assume that, you know, this person's amazing and and they're going to be the next me or they're going to be the next leader within the organization or company. They may be they may be just content with their current role and their current life cycle that they aren't willing to take that responsibility. It goes back to what we talked about in the previous podcast is you have to know your people and hopefully you are touching base with your, you know, the, you know, the, especially the person you're going to nominate as your successor. You know, you have to know you and maybe there's one or two people. Maybe you have a couple folks that are going to vie for the job and they're going to be part of a yeah. plan and, and they're going to kind of um, compete for that. It's If you don't know that, then then obviously the plan's going to fail. And so I think there's a few steps in, in, in planning and creating an action plan. Yeah. And that's a key one for sure. Yeah, you want to get that two-way feedback. And you should know that as your journey together as a group or an organization grows. There may be some people outside of your group or organization that you might tap on the shoulder and say, hey, you know, I'd like to, you to be part of my you know, succession plan. It could be two people filling a role. It depends on how big of a role you have within an organization. And maybe there's a good fit for, let's say, the accounting and principles and strategy side. And then there's another side of you that's operational. It could be two people filling one role um, or vice versa. You could be, you know, replacing some two people with one person so there's a succession plan there all around i think part of that too is i mean i mentioned action plan and you know timing is key but assess development needs so yeah. you know who are these people and what do they need to get to that next level and i think you should you know develop that action plan around that but also just work on developing that talent like making sure that you're building that bench strength within your team and making sure that everybody's kind of come along with that ride people should know that you're moving on you're retiring you're taking on a bigger role and that you know there's there's a responsibility right and i'm not sorry when i say people i don't you're not broadcasting to no. everybody yep. but the people that you have in that group that could potentially be in that succession plan they need to know and and the person that once you're once you've selected that rock star that person also has to build a succession plan for their role so 
it, it trickle-down effect. Uh, everyone should be ready and prepared to do it at one point or another in their life cycle in, within an organization and a company. That just comes with leadership. One more big thing here when I'm, when I'm thinking about succession planning is let's not make it a rash decision either. Like if there's someone that isn't a fit for the organization that, that that's currently on staff, it may have to be an outsourced person. So, you know, you do your assessments. Maybe you don't have that person that has the skill sets. Don't be afraid to work with your human resource person and maybe post the job. It, it's not a guarantee that you have the quality people within your organization. You might, and that's great, and that's amazing, and you're growing it, but you might not as well. So don't jump to rash decisions or assume that you have to have somebody within your organization move up. It's a difficult decision or discussion to have with your team to say, hey, we're going to outsource it. But if you have empathy and, and you're connected with your team, that's your team will understand. Yeah, and hopefully you identify that early on, you know. And again, it doesn't come at such a, you know, I'm, I've got moved out or yeah. I'm whatever. But having somebody on your team that is ready to go, like you said, may not happen. You may develop that talent as far along as you can, but that person may never get there. And so you're right. You have to have the courage to be able to go to your boss and to HR and say, it's not working out. We don't have the right individual or the right set of people, yeah. and we yeah. have to outsource. So. Yeah, then you're as a leader, you want to be close with your human resource person as well, and to be able to have the conversations, have the discussions, and then you want to be logging that as well because it will come up and can come up um, in some other potential legal transgressions down the road. You're, just, you're protecting yourself. We're always protecting ourselves now. Uh, it's just the way of the business um, so always having that second person when you're doing those interviews uh, to get both sides of the stories to be able to collect notes from each each person and have it logged you, you have to have a, a cya perspective when you're when you're, when you're building a succession plan as well absolutely absolutely yeah. and one last thing you know and we you're talking about action plans and assessing the developmental needs and developing that talent but measure progress. It's kind of like any type, we talked about SMART goals last time. Yep. You have to measure the progress. If you're not measuring, it's it's not, you can't manage it and you can't make a prediction at the end for, or a determination of who you're gonna actually put in that role. So make sure you're working with those individuals and um, you know, again, developing, helping them along, but also measuring and making sure they're, they're achieving those steps along the way. So. Yeah, you want to keep the people moving forward and in, 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 in following the leader. Um, you you can't afford, I guess, to build a divide if you don't select someone for that next step for to be your successor. You want them to keep striving and learning and growing. It's it shouldn't be a negative. And, and as a leader, you need to be able to communicate with your people to just to let them know that it's not their time, but give them um, some steps or some some things they can do and learn, some education program or uh, some training. To get them to that next level. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to pull the pin on that one because we're going to roll right into another big topic that I really um, impacts me as a, as a leader. And I've kind of followed this process at every company I've worked for and been with. And that is burning bridges. Both. So, so there we go. We're burning down the house. So 
why we don't want to burn down the bridges in both professional and business um, cultures and, and, and perspectives. And what do I mean by burning down a bridge? Um, and that, you know, what was my goal? What, what, what am I trying to get across here is if you're leaving an organization or a company or, or, or leaving a leader, you, you don't want to go out in a blaze of glory. You, you want to do it in a professional manner. You want to be able to leverage the goodwill and your relationships within the organization so you can get, you know, positive feedback, so you can use them as leverage for a new position or new role. And you never know those people that you burnt or you burn those bridges with those organizations. They could be your boss or it could be a customer down the road. We are so interconnected now with social media and and um, all the websites and, and everything. Your name is your your badge of honor. Your name is your your credibility. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it's unless unless you don't care about your reputation or you don't you don't think you have a future in that industry or you've won the lotto. Right? There may be a time where you could just burn the bridges down. There's that lady in the news recently and she's you know, she's facing charges, but she, she won the lotto. She went to her boss's office and she took a dookie on his desk. But it's like indecent exposure and all these other things that she's being charged with and she could potentially go to jail. So, but you know, she just won the Powerball in the US and she's a multimillionaire. She doesn't need to work anymore. Sure, but then not, that's not gonna happen to everybody. So you're right. Especially if you work in a small and like incestuous industry, like te- like sorry, like telecom, mm-hmm. we know everybody. And if you don't think you know everybody, you're gonna eventually know everybody. Like the longer you work in this industry, the more and more you get to know people. Comes full circle, happens all the time. And uh, it's one of those things I remember just growing up that was ingrained in me. And my father used to always say to me, "Is always be nice to everybody because you never know when you're gonna need that person in the future." And I always thought, "Ah, oh, what the heck are you talking about?" Quick story. There was a kid that we went to high school with, and uh, if he's listening, I apologize in advance. I won't say his name, but we used to call him the duck. It's because he walked like a duck, right? It's not. It's like a pretty harmless thing, but he hated it. He absolutely hated it. It was, it was a form of bullying. I never called him the duck. I just never did. I thought, I'm not into bullying kids. It's not what I do, like, because of what my dad told me. Yeah. Turns out, a few years later, I'm working, and I get called into the office, like, hey, we're going to set you up with this guy. You're going to work one-on-one on this project together, about six months. It was the same guy, it was the duck, right? And I remember walking in that room and we hit it off and we killed the project together and I thought, that would never have happened if I would have made fun of him in high school. And it actually happened to me in life. So it was it was one of those things, I, I'll tell the story till I, I'm blue in the face. I'm a big believer in just not burning bridges, treating everybody with respect because eventually- Treating everyone equal. It's yeah. all gonna come around. So. Yeah, was, just on the flip side of that, was his name Howard? Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just just threw that. So maybe it no, was no, Howard. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, no, that's a, that's a great story. We want always to treat people as we want to be treated. Yes, and you know we can fall in line with everyone joking and and um, following suit because you know, we're just piling on. You know, if someone doesn't like it, usually that's. A sign of weakness so you call them that more but in all reality if they don't like it 
it is a form of bullying and, mm-hmm. and those things have to stop and we have to change uh, that as a culture it's it's not okay and if someone says hey please stop that it can come back to bite you but it also hurts that person's feelings well you know and, and so when we were talking about burning bridges and you and i were chatting about this earlier mm-hmm. I was thinking specifically about, you know, what are some of those consequences, right? And we mentioned this, you know, your references are gone. So if you're going to burn a bridge with an organization, good luck using a reference within that organization. Uh, Potentially your reputation is tarnished within the industry, at least. Um, There could be financial distress. I mean, you you may have a hard time getting a job and now all of a sudden you're, I don't, I'm not making any money here. So why do you have a gap in your resume? Yes. Oh, um, you know, I, I worked at this company. Well, can we have some contract? No, I can't. I uh, didn't leave on good terms. Yeah. That just sets the bar at the new company. It's like a little bit of a red flag. You left on bad terms? Why'd you leave on bad terms? Well, you know, I didn't go along with the manager. Yeah. It, there's personality disorders and there's traits there. So it's okay to leave on a kind note. You don't need to put a, take a dookie on a boss's desk or what have you. You know, have you ever you know, broken up with somebody or had a bad fight with a friend or, or what have you and then immediately regret it? Like you, you can work that out with a friend or a partner. For sure. But yes. you cannot go back to the business and say, hey, oh, I apologize. I want my job back. That's a hard no. I've had that just driving my car and you have a knee-jerk reaction. Somebody cuts you off and you flip them a bird and then you're like, I'm bigger than that. Why am I letting that person that I don't even know... You know, and at your job, why am I putting my entire career, career yeah. on the line here? Yeah. For what, right? You got to hold it in. You got to be a bigger person than that. You got to have some tact. And, and you know, sure, there's been days where I wanted to reach across the desk and punch somebody in the face at my job. 100%. But you don't do it, right? I mean, that's just, uh, it's, it's, it's just what we do. We, we yeah. just get through. We're going to be professional, right? Yeah. Uh, we want to be elegant in our, our, you know, leaving the company. We want to be, you know, a good person. Like it, it, it could be your fault, but you're blinded by your own, you know, thoughts of grandeur as well, right? So you, you could have failed, and but not you're not seeing it from their perspective. You know, I just was thinking about, you know, over my career. I'm, you know, fortunately, I've I've had the uh, enjoyment of hiring so many people, but also terminating yeah. many people yeah. as well. And it's never a good thing. You know, you you're filling out the termination paperwork, and there's always that little checkbox there that says, "Is this person eligible for rehire in the future?" That's and there. That's it's, there. It's funny how often I don't actually check that box because somebody did leave on a bad term. And it's when emotions get in the way. And so, well, you, and then everything comes on the table. Well, I'm leaving because of this and that and blah, 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 and things that you, well, it's the first I've ever heard of this, you know? Like, why didn't you come to me earlier? Well, you would never listen to me anyways. And generally those guys that leave or those people that leave that are all fired up and they're slamming doors and they're pointing fingers, that's a big, you know, X on not not eligible for rehire. And uh, it's, it's funny how that could absolutely like what five ten years down the road that person needs a job back with that company mm-hmm. or they fit they're the perfect candidate for that role yeah. that that paperwork is on file yeah. so, and it's a it's a negative legacy you're leaving a legacy of burn bridges and you know scorched earth like what's yeah. there's no purpose there's no point in it yeah for sure i've actually had conversations with folks you know 
clients, colleagues, and we brought up people that we used to work with. And hey, this guy just applied for a job and he said he used to work with you. Not as a reference, but he said he used to work with you. What do you think of him? And it's like, well, look, I left on bad terms and this is why. And this is what, this is what, you know. And so again, this was just a third party looking in and not even from a reference perspective, but because they left on bad terms, I'm not going to lie to the person when they ask me a question. I'm right. going to give them my honest feedback. And this was my honest feedback. And that's probably actually happened that's, a few That's people. closer to reality than calling someone's reference. Ah, an external reference for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the big no, you know, don't burn bridges when you're on your way out or you're leaving a company or you're leaving a leader. Take the high road. Uh, be elegant. And be compassionate when you leave because you never know when you might reach your hand out and need help and that person's there for you. Or you could be working for that person later down the road. The duck. Yeah, the duck. Howard. Howard. All right, I'm going to shift gears into, um, like I said, our fun part of the evening. And this is going to be the cucumber mint gin spritz. And what I've done is I've kind of pre-cut... Um, the cucumber, I've sliced up the lime and I've washed and uh, stripped the uh, mint. So I'm going to start in on it. And I've actually also grated fresh ginger for this. So I'm going to start muddling here. Clint will walk you through as I, because this is going to take a bit of work, but it uh, looks fantastic. So how do you strip a mint? I stripped it right off those like the twig parts. Oh, the twig. That's twig. All right. Um, so, you know, I'm not too sure what this drink uh, is, where it came from. It's uh, Jason's concoction here. But I'm going to walk you through. He's, he's putting the freshly chopped or minced ginger into the bottom of a glass. So we're not, we're not doing any muddling in a shaker. We're actually doing it right into the, uh, right into the rocks glass here. That looks fantastic. Now, can you do it with with or without mint, or sorry, with ginger, or is that is that like an optional? That was part of the recipe. Okay, okay, yeah, gotcha. Now we have cucumber. I was gonna say that's lime, but no, it's cucumber. Both green, both delicious. We've got the fresh mint. Got some lime juice going in. Okay. And we're muddling. Yeah, baby. You want me to pop this bottle? Okay, let me pop that bottle, the fake wine. Okay, popping the, the fake wine here. The non-alcoholic wine. That's for mine. Okay. Well, I hope so. I got it. I'm not gonna shoot it like you did, I'm gonna. Oh, ho, 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 ho. There we go. Sommelier is my middle name. It smells fantastic. Okay, we got Bombay Sapphire Gin, the Costco bottle. The big pop. <laughs> that is, what size is that? Big. That's a 60 pounder. Wow, you like them strong. Holy moly. Okay. Good thing Trish has picked me up tonight. Okay, so gin is in, everything's muddled. We've got a couple ice cubes. Jason's splashing all over the place. 
Oh yeah, I love the sound effects. We're gonna float it with some club soda. I'm sure any uh, soda water would do, or sparkling water. And then, uh, garnished, oh, and then a little bit more lime juice on top. Very nice. I'm excited. You gotta take pictures. The only thing I'm I'm mad about is that you didn't wash your hands before you did that. I didn't wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> of course I did. Uh, that's okay. Alright, okay. Uh, photo time? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna take a photo. We'll put that up on our Twitter feed. Once again, this is my final uh, mocktail for 2023. My last day is February 11th. Which one has the. Uh, this one, I believe. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this one has the booze in it, for sure. <laughs> wow! F full fuel, full fuel. I get the ginger, I get that... Um, hey, it's not bad. Yeah, I get the mint, for sure. A little it's bit not, of cucumber, which I it's like. It's not sugary. I like, I like cucumber. Um, it's not so powerful of a flavor, but you get a little bit of a hint, almost like cucumber yeah. water. Yeah, it's good. The ginger is less strong than I, or not as strong as I thought it was. We forgot to cheers. Stravi. Okay, that's great. Well, that's a wrap on, I guess this is episode seven? Seven, seven? Yeah. Out of, seven. Out of our total, total over our yes. library, total. Three for the year, seven for its totality. Yeah, and we're, I'm loving every minute of it. I'm growing, I'm learning. And I'm sharing. Yes. I right, think so. um, what we need to do here, though, is we need to close this yeah, sucker out a little. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. This is Jason Krause signing off. Don't burn any bridges on your way out. Cheers. See you next time. Love you. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>